This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's the Fightful MMA Holy Smokes podcast with Showdown Joe and Sean Ross Sapp. Joe, we are hopefully live. <laughs> What's up, everybody? October 17th edition of the Holy Smokes podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro. Give me a follow online via social media at Showdown Joe. The other person you see to the right of your screen is, in fact, Sean Ross Sapp. I know you're looking at his hair and thinking, that's not the guy in the picture that they promote for this podcast. I'm telling you, that is Sean Ross Sapp. And Sean and I, make sure you give him a follow online. At Sean Rossap. Uh, lots to discuss, Sean. Uh, the UFC, I'm going to say Gdansk, UFC Gantz preview. Donald Cerrone's future, something you want to talk about. Bellator 186 is also going down. Gegard Mousasi uh, with his plan uh, now that he's signed with Bellator. We're going to hear from Eamon Zahabi. I had a chance to catch up with Eamon uh, so he could join us on the lovely Holy Smokes podcast. We'll get his thoughts on a variety of issues. Uh, as predicted last week, Ian McCall has signed with Ryzen. Uh, for those that don't know, the Mark Godbeer and Walt Harris fight has been rebooked. Tito Ortiz is saying that he's staying retired. We'll discuss that uh, in a moment as well. Michael Bisping said he's not going to retire despite stating this could be his last mixed martial arts fight. Bellator has been hit with the injury bug, Sean. We'll get to that for sure. Um, a favorite topic for some of our viewers over on the live chat and people that tune in, CM Punk. Is his next fight on the horizon? We'll discuss that. Uh, and Juliana Pena. She's pregnant. She's announced that she's pregnant, so we will not be seeing her compete for the next little bit. Mr. Sapp, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. We have our new associate editor, Brian Rose, up and running now. You all can follow him at BR26. He is a former editor over at Wrestling Observer. He has replaced Alex Palowski. Alex still appearing on our podcast, still doing some writing for us. But i uh, got Brian Rose in there now. We've got James Lynch working the MMA side of things now as well. We've got a lot of exclusives. Carlos Toro was at the Barclays Center Saturday where people were throwing chairs and stuff into the ring. Like it was insane. And we got it. We got it all. There is no other place online that I can think of. That on any given day, you'll have pro wrestling, MMA, or boxing, and or boxing exclusives. And uh, this weekend is a really great indication of that. We had the the big belt, well, not big anymore, but kind of big. A big Bellator main event in Musashi versus Shlomenko. We have the UFC show. We have the WWE TLC show. And then there's, there's a boxing card as well. So it's all lit at Fightful.com. It's all lit. Yes, Musasi's coming back, taking on Shlomenko. Uh, interesting to see what's going to happen with Gegard. We'll get to that uh, in a moment. Uh, I, before the podcast, Sean, uh, and to those listening in uh, and watching live right now, had a chance uh, to rewatch some of Darren Till's fights because many people are saying, what is Donald Cerrone doing fighting Darren Till in the main event? Um, even when you watch some of his fights, look, I, I, the matchup itself, and I looked at some of the odds. I mean, the odds coming into this fight, Sean, are plus 130 Darren Till, minus 150 
for Dallas Cowboy Cerrone. I'm not sure I overly agree with that. I still think Cowboy is the favorite, despite the MMA mileage he's incurred over the years. I watched Darren Till. Uh, I know your assessment's going to be forthcoming. I look at Darren Till uh, as a southpaw who loves to throw those body kicks, left leg body kicks. Uh, his goal is to break ribs, obviously. Uh, he throws elbows in, in prophetic fashion. Uh, I just think Cerrone's just going to be – he won't be there as much as Darren Till may think. Of course, game planning and preparing for, for Donald Cerrone is one thing. Executing is another. Uh, what say you about this main event? So the Darren Till thing, it's – yeah, I think that Donald Cerrone – like here's the situation we're in. Donald Cerrone is put up against a guy who is unbeaten in four UFC fights – who believes maybe he's a little bit further along than what he is. Darren Till says that he dominates all the... He doesn't like completely dominate his fights. He gets outstruck a lot, actually. And when you're walking in with, with Donald Cerrone, that can be worrisome. We've seen... We saw a little bit of a decline each time in Darren Till in his first three fights. He came in, he had that, that victory where he elbowed Oliveira just into oblivion... That was disgusting. Then, yes, it was. Then he had that awesome fight where it went to a majority draw. Then the next fight he had, he missed weight monumentally. And he rebounded a little bit. But um, he is a beatable opponent despite his record, his undefeated record. I think Donald Cerrone is a real good chance. But if Donald Cerrone loses this fight, I see him maybe going down the Matt Brown path of losing, 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 losing. Because the blueprint is there to beat. Donald Cerrone. While I call Don or uh, Darren Till beatable, I, I don't know that there's any definitive blueprint on how to beat him. I think if you can put him on his back, okay, and keep him there, uh, there's also the speed factor. I still think Donald Cerrone's faster than Darren Till, and I think those punches and those kicks and those combinations will land for the most part. I think Darren Till is going to be the stronger fighter. Uh, the guy stands six foot, and you know he doesn't have the greatest footwork. He's almost—I wouldn't say he's flat-footed. But when he kicks and when he punches and when he lands, there's a lot of power behind it. I just think with Donald Cerrone, provided the footwork that he has still, uh, even though he's getting up there in terms of MMA mileage, as I mentioned before, I still think he pulls us out. If he doesn't pull out this victory, I can see exactly what you're saying because now you're starting to look at Donald Cerrone and realizing, okay, maybe he's not a top contender anymore. Uh, he had that war with Robbie Lawler. He lost to um, – um, what was um, – oh my goodness – I'm drawing a blank right here. I just watched the fight. Who? Uh, Masvidal. Masvidal. Oh, Masvidal. Masvidal. Okay. So he lost to Masvidal, and then um, we got knocked out brutally by Masvidal. But you know, you, you look at Donald Cerrone, you still think he's he's you know, you don't want to think too vintage of Donald Cerrone, but I think he still has it. I think the I mean, you mentioned that Till is undefeated. He's he's basically you know was a three and one or three zero oh and one in the UFC because of the majority draw. Um, there's nothing there that shows me that he should be competing against a Donald Cerrone, but this is the opportunity of a lifetime for Darren Till. So you just never know until it actually takes place. I just think, and even I mean, the odds makers themselves, or perhaps the, the the people that have put money already down on the fight, are moving the line the opposite, keeping this fight relatively close on the bookies. I mean, I don't know about that number. I think Donald is a minus two hundred favorite in this fight. Yeah, I, I would go that far too, and. <clears throat> This is the right test for Darren Till, and it's also the right test, I think, for Donald Cerrone. It, Donald Cerrone versus 
almost anybody is going to do, I think, the same amount of numbers, so you might as well put them in there against a prospect. Now, relatively speaking, I'm talking about on a fight pass card, a fight pass level card. If you put him in there with anybody except for maybe Wonder Boy, Woodley, you know, those type of guys, it's going to do the same, so you might as well put it against a guy who can make a little more of a name off of himself. Now, Darren Till's already talking about, like, filling up soccer stadiums and stuff, and he's not at that level yet. Like, when when I brought this up to uh, a person that I spoke with about this show, they said, wow, are you surprised that Darren Till's getting this in his first UFC fight? And I said, this isn't his first UFC <laughs> fight. This is his fifth UFC fight. Well, that's a good point, though. Whoever said that to you, that's the stuff you and I discuss all the time. We'll, we'll discuss that exact comment uh, in a moment, please. But by all means, finish your point. But he he is maybe a little too big for his britches, as we say in the South. But this is the test. This is why you do it. This is why you fight the fights and you don't simulate the results on a computer or write them on paper. So that that comment there, you know, you, can you believe uh, Darren Till is getting Donald Cerrone in his first fight? I'm guilty all the time whenever I go up and down a UFC card uh, and I look at some of the names on there because you know you and I have talked about me losing my marbles all the time about you know how many fights I've actually seen. It's it's it's, it's like the storage that I have in my brain. I'm out of gigabytes. I'm out of terabytes. I'm I'm, I'm moving folders around and trying to delete things to try and save some memory. Um, I, I completely forgot Darren Till had four fights. I know he competed many times in the UFC, but I had to literally go back and say, okay, when did he compete? Who did he fight against? Uh, and let's take a look at these fights once again. Because literally, I don't, I mean, other than the Oliveira fight, I mean, who's going to forget that fight there? Um, <clears throat> or the Oliveira, excuse me. But the rest of the fights against Dalby, Ayari, and, and Velkovich, I was like, what happened? I remember the Velkovich fight. That wasn't too long ago. That was only September. Uh, that was on the, the Volkov Struve card. And I was thinking to myself, how did he win again? And it was a decision, but how did he do? And first round he won, second round could have went either way. Third round he won, especially towards the end of the the final minute or so, uh, where he was landing those 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 very crisp and hard strikes. But again, it's a guy that kind of no one knows about. It, it happens a lot with these UFC cards. Again, there's so many of them, so many fighters, and the problem is, is a lot of these fighters don't really get a chance to even be built up, and they're already getting cut, and new ones are coming in, and before you know it, you get one guy that's facing a name in Donald Cerrone. So I can see that because. I guarantee you, I walk around the streets right now and I say Darren Till's fighting Donald Cerrone. I'm going to get who? Yeah, and it, yeah. It's a cow. My thing is, I'll watch Donald Cerrone fight anybody. I don't care. That's just that's just how I feel. I'll watch him fight anybody they they put in front of him because I I know what kind of fight that he brings, and I think Darren Till will bring that kind of fight to him as well. Uh, there, you know, it's funny. There, there. Are, if you were to tell me that there's a fight card with Donald Cerrone, Karolina Kovalkovich, Jan Blakovic, uh, Artem Labov, Sam Alvey, Marcin Held, Aspen Ladd, I'd be like, man, I bet that's a pretty solid, like a decent yeah. card. But yeah. I look at it and I'm like, I'm sure it'll be fun to watch, but there is zero buzz around this card. Zero. Well, you're correct. I mean, it's 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 getting to the point now where a lot of these cards for the UFC, 
don't really have that buzz until it gets to pay-per-view time. I think I think what we're noticing now is they're stacking a lot of these pay-per-views, mm-hmm. uh, which is what you should be doing. Yes. Um, back in the old days, uh, and I'm talking my youth. Stacking uh, that Fox card, too. I'll give them that. That Winnipeg yes. show is looking nice. It's looking very pretty, although it's the worst one of the worst times of years to go Stupid. to Edmonton. Stupid. I'd be running every event in the winter in, like, in like California and Texas and Brazil, Florida, and, Brazil, yeah, exactly. Why not do that? I don't know why. Like WWE, I get it, but I mean they they tour like heavily in the Northeast in the winter, and I'm like, why? Like in the heart of the winter, I'm sending my guys on the West Coast, and then you you kind of touch in the Northeast, give them a little bit. It's odd. It listen, December in in Winnipeg will be cold. Uh, it's not February in Winnipeg, uh, and believe me, when you start looking at that thermometer, if you ever get a chance to go to Winnipeg in the winter, it is not pretty. So I feel bad for anyone that's going out there. Uh, it'll be a great card. It'll keep you warm. But other than that, when you leave that arena at midnight or so or, or 1 a.m., oh, boy, you're going to be feeling it big time. Um, so the UFC is stacking these cards on the pay-per-view side, uh, which is what they should do. What I was trying to get at before with the old adage I was going to mention, ABC Sports back in the day, uh, long before the pay-per-view model became what it is today, they would have really good fights on free television, really good, like a good contender fight on free television, which would be a main event, with the winner potentially going on and facing a champion, or at least getting to pay-per-view after that point there. Um it's weird how everything is being set up, Sean, by the UFC. It's almost like they've left that model because I think the route to get to pay-per-view, the route to becoming a star in the UFC is far easier. But we can go back and forth, you and I, and talking about the amount of content they have to provide to Fox, uh, their own little content for the prelims on, on Fight Pass. And I wonder if this is all going to change when the new television deal gets consummated. Will they continue to have you know 48 events a year? Or will they will they sort of tone it down a little bit? I think they're going to tone it down a little bit. I think they're going to be more cognizant of what area they go to. Maybe not as it pertains to weather, but uh, about where they go to and who they book in these shows. Artem Labov should not be main eventing a fight under any circumstance. <laughs> he shouldn't be main eventing a fight in his own living room. Like He should be able to call in a favor from one of his teammates and say... Can you headline this? Because you're more qualified than me. Yeah, this show is, you know, they're they're putting who they need to put on here, but if you're running a show in Poland, there's, you know, one person that you, that is qualified to really, really headline that show, and she ain't here. Yeah. Johanna Jacek is, is the queen yes. of Poland, although she had that battle with Karolina. Uh, to determine that, and she won. Uh, but Karolina Kowalkiewicz is on the show. She's in the co-main event taking on Jody Escobel. Um, and, and looking at this fight here, obviously Karolina is on a different level. Um, in terms of this fight going down, it's 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 you know she's a minus four seventy favorite, Sean. Like this could get ugly, and very ugly and quickly. Although. It does have the potential to go the distance. You just never know with these types of fights. We think that someone's a heavy favorite, but at the same time, you never know. But in my opinion, I think Carolina is going to is going to end this fight within seven or eight minutes. I think she, if it, if it, she should. She should absolutely win this fight. Like there's there's no reason for her to not win this fight. This is kind of just like to me a get her on the card fight. 
let the people watch or beat somebody fight. That, that's what I'm expecting out of this. Absolutely. Uh, also on the card, another Polak, uh, Jan Blakovic taking on uh, Devin Clark. Uh, again, uh, Jan should Jan's no, he's the favorite in this fight. Okay, I think he should win this fight here. He's had more experience. Uh, although, actually, no, he's the he's the underdog. My bad. Devin Clark is the actual favorite here. Um, so, you know, in terms of looking at Devin Clark and you go up and down his record that he's competed. Excuse me. In the UFC, uh, a lot of people aren't giving him enough credit. Uh, he took out Jake Collier and he took out Josh Stansbury. Uh, he did have his his octagon debut where he lost to Alex Nicholson. That was bad. That was at the end of round one uh, when they competed in 2016. But after that, two decision victories. Uh, and now he's taking on Jan Blakovich. Do you think he should be the favorite in this fight? I don't know about the favorite. Uh, Blakovich is kind of uh, almost like a proven commodity in some regards. Yeah. But I think that. He's also proven that he can't succeed at this level. Like, we've seen him lose four of his last five. But how often have we seen a guy who's lost, like, four of his last five go in there against a guy that looks like he's on the come-up and just knock him off? John Dodson, or not John Dodson, John Moraga. Last weekend, we saw him put to sleep one of the top prospects uh, in in the sport. Like, or yeah, in the sport, I would say. To the point to where you have flyweights like uh, Jared Brooks that were like, well, I wanted to fight uh, Bibilatov, but you know, that didn't work out, so, so yeah. now I've got to go a different way. I think Devin Clark is actually going to take this fight, um, despite, despite the experience advantage that, that Blockowitz has. I think he's, he's just had a tough time, and he's been facing good fighters. Uh, Jan has. like He's lost to Manawa, Anderson, Gustafson, Cummins, but... When you start losing to Patrick Cummins, and, and not, so unpredictable. I'm not, I'm not like I'm not trying to disrespect Patrick Cummins. He is that gatekeeper in that division, and he's a good gatekeeper in that division. Yeah, so, yeah. Kicking, kicking off the main card will be Oscar Picota taking on Jonathan Wilson. Also on this card, on the UFC Fight Pass portion, we do have some good names on there. We got Marcin Held, Anthony Hamilton. So there's a heavyweight scrap there that probably won't go the distance. Uh, Damien Stasiak, someone know everyone knows Brian Kelleher, uh, Smiling Sam Alvey's on the undercard. Artem Lobov, the aforementioned Lobov, he's taking on Andre Philly. So obviously, it's just weird because the irony is we don't think Artem Lobov is that good of a fighter, but every time he fights, we want to watch. Oh sure, he's he's a very watchable fighter in that regard. Like he it, it, he's got that that within him where you know that he's not going to back down from anybody, and you know that he's going to put on a decent fight with everybody. So that's that's always worth watching. You have Sam Alvey on those prelims. Like what? Yeah, he should be on the main card. He, he took this fight short notice and. Got up there like I think last Saturday for it. We we had an interview with him and Brian Kelleher on Fightful.com. Head over to our MMA section and click exclusives, and you all can see that. I mean, Sam Alvey's expecting that if he wins this, he wants to fight like Vitor and people like that. He should be on the 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 main card. Like it's there are some interesting names here, and but it's just the lack of us. Marcin Held was a guy that I thought was going to do a lot better in the UFC than than he has. And oh, we all did. We all did. And now he's at a point where he kind of took this fight because maybe he doesn't get a fight if he doesn't take it on take this one. You know that was that was offered to him on a change of opponent or whatever it may be. There are some stories on this show. Yeah, Lena Landsberg and Aspen Ladd. I think that's a fun fight to have. You got a former cyborg victim who was kind of thrown in there, and she's fighting a big prospect 
in Aspen Lad, like an undefeated one. Like there, there are some decent, interesting fights on the show, but I think that that should have been on the the main card, even over the the Jonathan Wilson fight, just as it pertains to people who we know. Jonathan Wilson's lost his last two fights, so yeah. why why is he? hasn't fought in a year. Why is he on the main card over Sam Alvey or even Artem Labov? He should be on the main card over these guys. He just shouldn't be main eventing. Uh, you mentioned Cyborg. Uh, do you want to discuss the information I sent to you uh, earlier today? or Why don't you discuss it, Joe? You sent it to me. All right. Uh, in a moment or so, hopefully a little bit later on, depending on uh, the time frame from our good old editors over at Fightful MMA, um, it looks like all right, before I say anything, I want to ask, did you read it? Yes. Okay. It's on our back end right now. Okay. So it's going to go up. And it's just something that I thought of because Sean and I are forever talking uh, Cyborg uh, and then obviously the information of Holly Holm. Um, I was just perusing Instagram and I'm like, this fight's on. It hasn't been announced, but it looks like it's on. According to Cyborg, the fight's been agreed upon and it'll go down on the, on the UFC's December 30th show. And I'm looking, basically what happened is um, Holly Holm posted a video with two screen captures. And the video simply talks about her saying that, you know, listen, I know a bit on Cyborg's page and there's a lot of memes being made of me and blah, 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 blah. And she wants us to be tested at the same amount of times uh, that, we, that we lead up to this fight. And it was a nice little video, a little backhanded complimentary little slaps here and there. She but whispered then she, pretty much. Yeah. So she ends up posting a picture of that she's been tested more than Cyborg. And then Cyborg's people, or Cyborg, I don't think it's Cyborg herself, but her people went on there. It's her terrible social media manager. So the social media manager goes on there and posts and answers and comments on this, basically saying, uh, not looking to cause any problems, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we'll see what happens. We just want this fight to be, uh, we just want this fight to be, we want both fighters to be clean leading up to this fight. It's not like Holly Holm has ever had any issues. Never. Uh, with you, ever. So that's why Holly was kind of puzzled. But in the end, she says, I'm, or Cyborg, Cyborg's account says, I'm super happy that you, I'm glad you accepted this fight. See you at the end of December, December 30th. And I was like, hey, that sounds like it's a fight been confirmed. And I quickly, did I miss this? I go up social media. I go to the UFC website. I'm looking around, blah, blah. It hasn't been announced at all by the UFC. So I just put, quickly put together a piece and I'm like, guys, Sean, take a look at this. Am I wrong in this? So what are your thoughts? Chris Cyborg <laughs> and whoever whoever runs that account particularly. Her and Mark Hunt at this point, like, what do you want? What do you want? I, I feel like if she got paid $10 million for this fight, she would be mad about it. There's always something to have the balls to, to insinuate that Holly Holmes the one with the trouble with substances oh it takes it takes mm. like, <laughs> it, it would be like like joe like ah oh, i can't i struggle to find a proper example i struggle to find a proper example uh, because it's so frustrating and every time you go on cyborg's twitter nonstop bitching about the ufc bitching about the ufc bitching about the ufc very little of what this woman says she actually does. For all the the ridiculousness around Jermaine Durandamy rejecting fights with Cyborg, Cyborg rejected fights with her, with Holly Holm, with everybody under the sun last year. 
Like they, it's, yeah. it's happened for years. She's been a pain in the ass to deal with, and now she's got. They gave her a title belt. Well, she deserved it. She's she's that good of a fighter, but man, the only thing she's more world class at than than being a fighter is being a giant pain in the ass to deal with. In your estimation, is this fight done? Is it signed, sealed, delivered? Yeah, I'm sure it is. That's that's what I heard. Is that it's been agreed upon. So then it's just a matter of time before uh, the UC does make an announcement. Do you think it'll be the main event, co-main event? Um, it is the UC's year-end show. Co-main, probably. I think yeah. they – well, they're hoping it's the co-main. Uh, in terms of that show, end of the year, being headlined, do you think Stipe Miocic will be the headliner? I think that they hope that he could be. That would be very good for them. If they could get Miocic and, and Ganu, that would be a good one. I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Um, and looking at the the, is there anything else you want to talk about in this card here? I mean, I was going to mention Artem Lobov. You know, he did go the distance with Cub Swanson, but you know, he's fighting Andre Philly, and I think it's just going to be one of those fights, whatever. But um, nothing overly exciting about this card here. It's got good fights. It's got some pretty good names, but you know, we're going to have a, a post podcast. That's for sure. Uh, it is worthy to discuss for sure. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're going to talk about this and the Bellator show, which we'll talk about after the jump. Uh, this Saturday evening, afternoonish, whatever it is. Like, it's, yep. I don't know exactly when this show ends. I know it starts really early, which I am stoked about. It starts <laughs> at like 11.30 in the morning. I'm very thrilled. Uh, programming note, we will not have a post-Sao uh, Paulo show. We'll be covering that the following week. Uh, I had some prior engagements not really prior engagement. Got it. Just got some engagements. Uh, have some family coming in, doing some Halloween festivities, things like that. And nobody's gonna watch that show. Period. Our numbers for the other post Brazil shows, except for Fortaleza, were pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah, and, 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 and I echo Sean's sentiment there. Uh, I also have some stuff going on uh, that evening, so I was like, Sean. Um, are we doing a post-fight podcast <laughs> after this one? And I've never seen I, – I don't even think I hit send, and he already replied back to me. So, yeah. Um, I want to see Machida. I really do. I want to see what he looks like after you know being off you – know, hasn't competed in about 14 years. I want to see what he looks like, but we'll talk about it on the Holy Smokes podcast the following Tuesday. You talked to Eamon Zahabi this week brother of Faraz Zahabi, and one of the things that you all tackled, in addition to GSP and some of the some of the natural questions that come along with knowing GSP, are what it's like having Faraz Zahabi as a brother. Take a, take a look, guys. Well, I would take it. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> now we you got You two it being going. brothers. I know there's a third brother, but you two being brothers in the MMA landscape. Um, what's it like? Working with your brother, knowing who he is, and then he's got to coach you and realizing, listen, he's not my brother right now. He's my coach. He's my trainer. Or is it always like, hey, listen, for us, settle down? No, no, never like that. You know, I don't really uh, – we never pay attention to each other's accolades, you know. Like nothing's changed. Even the, now I'm a UFC fighter. It doesn't change our relationship. Him being GSP's coach or whoever's coach, you know, all these superstars that he helps train, Vitor Belfort now, all these big names that, you know, we're still brothers, and I still know who he is, man. I know who he is from when we were nothing. And uh, I feel like that's good that we keep the relationship the same. Growing up, he was always like a father figure to me. He always trained me, always took care of me, you know, helped me with schoolwork, anything, anything I ever needed. So we always have a great relationship. Most of the time, he just prefers it when I just say, yes, sir. 
and uh, not much talk from my end, more like, yes, sir, and I've heard the command, okay, I will do it, this and that. So he does. He just do a lot of the thinking, but I, I do a lot of the thinking for myself too, and I come up with my own game plan and strategies that I pitch by him, and we work it out and we see what works uh, fight week, you know? In terms of when it's time, I mean, uh, he's always going to be the bigger brother. Do you ever see him looking yeah. over at someone when you're sparring at the gym and he's kind of like, don't, don't do that to my brother? Or is it just simply, nah. you know what, nah, listen, Eamon's on his own. Man, fighter. No, no, no. He doesn't do that. Like, uh, plus, I've been training since I was fifteen. Like, I'm, I protect myself pretty well with anybody near my weight. You know, like I spar guys. You know, uh, one forty-five, one fifty-five. I handle myself pretty well, and the guys are super respectful at the gym. Like, we never had any rough training. Like, when the guys are heavier, like let's say I spar one fifty-fiver, he's not hitting me the same when he's like when he spars another fifty-fiver. He spars me like I'm a thirty-fiver, and he, they hold back a bit. And so I respect him because don't forget, there's always somebody bigger. And people love me, man. So if I need, uh, you know, Francis Carmon to come in and uh, set someone straight or whatever, <laughs> we can make it happen. But no, nah, no, nah, at the gym it's all friendly, and uh, I don't think anybody's ever really had a bad time coming to spar with us. And uh, my brother knows I can protect myself. Most of the time, it's he's got to tell me to chill out. You know, I mean, I, I hit hard, man. <laughs> well, no doubt, no doubt. Who, who's a bigger practical joker? You or for us? Definitely for us. Yeah, uh, we're both pretty serious, but he makes more jokes more often. <laughs> It's hard to take him seriously sometimes because sometimes when we're having the conversation, I'm like, is he being serious with me again? What's, his, what's wrong with this guy? So uh, let me ask you this. You guys have always traveled together. Uh, you traveled uh, the globe together. You traveled around. Uh, yeah. You ever get nervous with Faraz in the airport? Because he makes me extremely nervous. He embarrasses me in front of customs and security. I try to make airplane jokes, but he hates them because uh, he's very afraid of flying. That's why he doesn't really go overseas very often. You know, mostly he just stays like North America, short flights or sometimes – if you're fighting in North America, he'll take a train or a bus. He hates flying. But uh, I remember one time me and Louis Sanadakis were making like uh, airplane crashing jokes. Oh, man. We got it when we landed. <laughs> but no, he's a sweet guy. I love traveling with him. Absolutely. Now, in terms of, of setting up the training camp, uh, how, long have you been do- how long have you been training for this fight here? Has it been typical eight to ten weeks? Is it a bit longer? Uh, it was a bit longer because um, after my fight in February, I thought I was going to fight in July. So they had asked me if I would fight in July and then September, and I said yes. But it was like nothing official, you know. It was just like, oh, how would you like the rest of the year to go? And uh, we kind of just said like a general outline of what I would want to do. So I was preparing myself like to get in shape and, you know, be well-conditioned for July. And then it didn't come by in August and then September. And then, boom, he just emailed me saying, November 4th, you're fighting Ramos. I said, yeah. For sure, down. I didn't, you know, I like that. I didn't even have to ask for it, and like uh, he put me on a big card. It was, you know, it was a big layoff between February and November, but I feel like uh, you know Sean Shelby really made it up to me, and because uh, you know fighting on the same card with George is something I've always wanted to do. I've been looking up to him since I was 15 years old, so uh, uh, it's nice to be on the same card. You know, not, not the same level of respect. Like he's the main event; he's fighting for the belt. I'm just starting, but it's nice to have been like have the chance to maybe he passes the torch on to me. Absolutely. I, that's one of the questions I get asked all the time, Eamon. What's George St. Pierre like, Joe? Tell me. Is he the way you see, we see him on cameras, the way we see him on radio? And I tell people all the time, pretty much what you see is what you get. George is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Anyone ever ask you that question? What's George St. Pierre really like? Yeah, people ask me that all the time. You know, uh, He's probably one of the sweetest guys you ever meet. He takes care of his friends, family, and is in a circle super well. I barely ever seen him reject a picture or an autograph from anyone to ask him at any time, whether we're in a club, he's pumping gas or wherever we are, whatever we're doing. He's super polite, you know, and um, he knows how to be respectful from the karate he's learned his martial arts and all his training he's ever done. And he brings that in the cage, outside the cage. He's always prepares his best and he's super well disciplined. And that's who you get, you know, 
he's actually pretty funny. And something people most know, don't know is if you're going to play video games with him, he talks a lot of crap. Okay, he's the Michael Bisbang when it comes to video games. He'll let you know what's up. Yeah, I did a, a Nintendo Switch uh appearance with him here in Toronto and he was talking trash to every single one of the people in the tournament and competitors media so I, I got to see that for the first time so that that yeah, is had, George yeah he had invited us over to play after he got his Nintendo after doing that whole thing he got his own switch and uh, he's telling me he's like I was born in the 80s I'm gonna kill you in Street Fighter and I'm like get out of here George you can't kill me you know who I am you know who my brothers are Eamon's a hobby definitely a guy I'm sure the UFC is happy Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply to have as it looks like they're trying to inch their way back into Canada. Well, the question was asked at the post-fight press conference by a certain James Lynch, or at the post-fight press conference, at the GSP, <laughs> at the Bisping GSP uh, presser here in Toronto by the infamous James Lynch, one of our own, you know, uh, what's what's happening in Canada? Is there something, that's, you know, is there going to be an event in Toronto anytime soon? But yeah, you need those stars. You need to continue to build, you know, I guess national talent if you're going to be having events uh, in certain countries, and Eamon Zahabi has the opportunity. Um, a, he's got the fighting skill set, and B, he's a Zahabi, so the, the the name is is synonymous with with greatness in mixed martial arts in Canada. Of course, you got GSP. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, it, it was funny. I don't know how much was discussed or what was shown here, but I can tell you that he firmly believes that Bisping is annoying GSP, and and yeah. it's a bad look, bad move for Michael Bisping. So. Well, I never understood the connection to Toronto and why it would be so important to make that a big market until I went there, and I saw how ridiculously residential the area was. When you fly into Mississauga, I'm told that I mispronounced <laughs> I don't give a shit how to pronounce it, but <laughs> it's nothing but homes as you fly over it. I've never oh, yeah. seen anything like it in my life. I see that, and I was like, oh, that's why, because... Like it's not just so many people. Like it's it's hard to really it's hard to really explain how residential the Toronto the Greater Toronto area is. Yeah, well, oh, true. I mean, the, the 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 GTA, what we call it, you know, Greater Toronto area. Uh, there's a lot of any anything and everything is accessible. Um, you know, obviously through the with highways and whatnot, but you know, the subway system, the bus system, anything, and it's such a huge media market that it, it is generally always one of the stops. Look at the money fight with McGregor and Mayweather. Toronto was uh, a huge stop. You know, it's a big pay-per-view market for the UFC. Always has been. Uh, in terms of live event, a little different nowadays. Um, you know, it, it's it's lost its luster. The one caveat about Toronto, Sean, and, 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 and the GTA in general 
it's not – I mean people say Montreal is very, very uh, – it's almost European, very cliche uh, or cliquey, sorry, like um, what's hot now. In Toronto, there's so much bang for your buck that you got to be careful when you come here with something that is not locally related. You don't want to come here uh, in the middle of hockey season because the Toronto Maple Leafs are, are, are king. Okay, the Raptors are stealing some of that thunder now. The Blue Jays will always have that thunder uh, from from you know from April, um, you know, unfortunately not October, but until September. So it's a very it's a market where you have to sort of be very cognizant of when you're coming, uh, and to get a Saturday night in the winter at the Air Canada Center is is pretty rare because the ones that are available, the UFC would have to compete with big name concerts, yeah, right? Because they want to come in as well. So. It's a it's a it's an area it's a city where um, not what what have you done for me lately it's are you big enough to hold your event here and don't come here and bring us garbage because if you bring us garbage we're never going to forget and that's what happened with the UFC you came here uh, you know it was the UFC 129 Sean uh, George St Pierre Jake Shields 56,000 people at the Rogers Center a resounding success especially with Mark Hominick and the performance he had against uh, Jose Aldo Jr. in that co-main event very very just uplifting uh, and then shortly thereafter the bouts that came the events that came weren't up to the liking of the local fan base although for example I remember John Jones taking on Alexander Gustafson the amount of 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 stuff that I was fielding on social media, fans ripping the card apart. What a horrible main event and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, guys, let them fight. It's a good yeah. fight, right? It just didn't have the cle- the names at the time. We did 30-minute specials with John Jones, 30-minute specials with Alexander Gustafson. Uh, you've heard of Wonderland when you came here? Yeah. Canada's Wonderland. Uh, we did a full show with the UFC PR team, myself and Alexander's team. We went to Canada's Wonderland. Alexander and I going up and down the roller coasters, and uh, him mocking me, and had had some of the crazy cre- or, uh, peanuts characters making fun of me. It was just an amazing time, just to build hype around it. Didn't really have to do that with GSP St. Pierre, or sorry, GSP uh, Shields. So in Toronto, in Canada, they want big fights. If you want live gate attendance. As for anything and everything else, they will tune in and watch pay-per-view wise. So GSP Bisping and the UFC bringing them here was the right call because yeah. it got major, major, major play on all the news networks here. A lot of them. I mean, there there was every mainstream station was there. News from a news side. Every sports station was there. We have many uh, newswise and sports. Uh, all the different. Outlets, online outlets, bigger ones were all there. I mean, there was a lot of media that were there. There were rows and rows and rows upon media. I lucked out being able to sit in the second row and be able to get that footage of, of Michael and, and, and George right in front of me. Um, but yeah, I th- I, it was I mean, the irony of being at the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's another story altogether. But yeah, it was it was it was it was a lot of fun. It was good. And I mean, you do have to go with a hot hand. And right now, they don't necessarily have the hot Canadian hand. They have hot American hands all over the place. They don't necessarily have a bunch of hot Brazilian hands. They have Chris Cyborg. That's you know maybe maybe one or two others, but that's why we don't see as many big big Brazilian cards. So I kind of understand it, but yeah, you got to bring something a little stronger than what Bellator's bringing Friday if you want to establish a new territory. I will not tune into that show until uh, the last hour and a half of it. It's a three-fight show, and really, to me, it's a two-fight show because I don't give a care about Neiman Gracie. Really? Not a bit. Yeah, he's fighting Zach Boucher, who's, who's a – I mean, I've called Zach a couple of Zach's fights. 
Um, obviously, you're a huge Heather Hardy fan, taking on Christina yes. Williams, uh, and Giger and Musasi taking on Shlomenko. Um, this is not the Shlomenko your your dad talked about. Guys, let's be honest for a second. This is an older Shlomenko. Um, how much of a, of a problem is he going to be for Musasi, do you think? I, I think he could prove to be a problem. Uh, Musashi yeah. has fought a little bit of everywhere at every weight, and Shlomenko is one of those guys I think would be willing to do that. But you also have to remember that Shlomenko, uh, years ago, had problems with Tito Ortiz's size. And Gegard Musashi is a big dude, especially for that, that weight division. So... I think that Gegar Musashi should take this. Might take it on the ground too, because when Tito did it, it was with with ease. Not, I don't even want to say relative ease. Like Tito had no problem doing it. Like it was, I was actually impressed, despite the size discrepancy, at how just simplified Tito Ortiz made beating Alexander Shlomenko looking. Look, uh, so Gegar Musashi should win this, but. If I'm Bellator and Shlomenko does win, I would run with that and say, look, our guys can and do beat their guys and have been doing it with regularity since they've all been coming over here. I would do the old WCW where the big boys play angle where show <laughs> clips of them kicking WWF wrestlers' asses all the time. Yeah. That's a good point, though. That's a valid point. I mean, we see what happened with Lorenz Larkin. Um, and just in general, some of these guys are coming over from the UFC, going to Bellator, and, and getting their butts kicked. Um, you know, we even we even had uh, Ben Askren pointing that out, making it clear that you know not all the best welterweights in the world are over in the UFC, and you know that's unfortunate for for well, us. Sure as hell ain't in one FC. As I was going to say, it's unfortunate for us. We're never going to see Ben Askren compete um, in the octagon against the world's Spe- best welterweights. Speaking of Japan, I don't know if you saw the video. I don't know if this is a sore subject for you. I didn't talk to you about it, but. Mm-hmm. This absolute scrub they had calling the Ryzen show. Or as he calls it, Risen. And he... Oh, it was so bad, Joe. It was so bad. Time out. Someone else called the Ryzen show? Yeah, it was like Chris Cordero or something. I was unaware of such intel. Okay. Yeah, and I, I guess the guy that had filled in your spot immediately said, well... I guess I'm in talks to uh, go back there in December, and I don't think they were even at the venue. I'm pretty sure they had them standing in front of a green screen. By the way, uh, believe it or not, um, one of the shows that I did for Ryzen, we were in studio. We really? were not live at the event, um, so it was uh, that was Heath, uh, Heath Herring and I, um, and we had to act like we were at the venue. So it was wow. a challenge, yeah. But so the, the one thing that we do all the time, whenever you do that, it wasn't the first time I ever did that. Sure. Is I said I looked at at Heath. I said we need to crank the volume in our ears, because if we keep the volume low, okay, it's going to feel like we're in a soundproof room. Crank yes. the volume in our ears. We're going to feel like we're there because we have to act like we're there. And all we really had was the feed uh, from I think it was from Fuji TV coming into our screen, and we took it from there. Uh, but I am. Surprised. I've had that type of thing pitched to me before for possible wrestling commentary gigs, but explain to me like how that's told to you, what your type of reaction is when you're you're told, okay, you've been flying over to Japan. Well, I'm sure you, you were happy you didn't have to go to Japan, but we like, were in Japan. what what is it now? We were in Japan. Wait, what? 
So that no, was the, the, they flew yeah. you to Japan to put you in a studio for the one event. I'm trying to figure out which event it was. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm. I'm it might have been last September's show. <laughs> so I get there, and you know we're ready to go. I'm doing the research and blah blah, and then we're told, okay, we're so we're picking you up. Um, whatever Friday, uh, we're gonna we're gonna head over to the venue. Uh, or, or we're going to head over to the uh, the studio. We're going to have the the studios located in a big building. Well, everything's a big building in Japan and Tokyo. Uh, we'll have we'll have lunch, and then we'll go up to the studio and we'll do the show live. I said what? Studio? And my head like you flew me halfway across the globe to work in a studio, and you flew Heath from California. He could have just flown Heath to Toronto or me to California to do this, or had both of us in separate studios. But I said, hey, listen, I'm in yeah. Japan. I love it. Love the food, love the people. It's just an amazing, amazing culture. But I was like, well, this is weird. As long as you know, my check clears, and it did. Okay, whatever you guys want. But it didn't make any sense at the time, Sean. And now I'm thinking to myself, you're telling me that this gentleman that did the um, the play-by-play sounded like he was in a studio? Not good. No, no, no. Not he, good. They, you could see the green. You could tell it was a green screen. He was standing in front. Oh, okay. I'm it sorry. It was very blatant. I'll send you the. Chris Cordero lowlights video that somebody put together where he talks about how cute one of the fighters is, the the female fighters, and how that got her far, and how good she looks for a female at 42, an Asian female at 42. Oh, yeah, man. It was real bad. I'm not here to to rip anybody apart. I'm not here to insult anyone. Oh, I am. It was dog shit. It was terrible. It was embarrassing. It should have never happened. Um, It was terrible. It was among some of the worst commentary I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, He called a scarf hold a scaffold at one point. Yeah, uh, it was real bad. Terrible. Embarrassing. So, I'm sorry, what happened with uh, Mauro Ronaldo? Well, Mauro got signed by Bellator. I would imagine that's, I don't know if how exclusive that is, but, and then there was another guy that they, they're, they're on like their fifth, what, play-by-play guy of, of the last 12 months, I think. Because there's I you, Mauro, to... Cordero, and another guy. I, I may have to reach out to them because, I mean, for those that don't know the full story, uh, and obviously, I, I, I'm not gonna get too in depth with it. When Jerry Millen was let go mm-hmm. by Ryzen, I was I was the guy that Jerry Millen brought in. Yeah. So by not osmosis, but by by connection, whatever it is, anybody that he brought in, that whole crew was let go. Yeah. Which was surprising. So I don't know. I mean, I, I may have to reach out to them and be like, guys, hey man, I'm I'm here. I'll come hey, back and do it. Joe, I got a green screen in my spare room you can borrow. You won't have to go anywhere. Send me send me whatever you have on that. Guys, on the, on the live chat, thank you very much. I'm, I'm reading some of your comments, and I'm pretty much laughing must, over here. must be and, nice. My Spectrum Internet is pretending that I have no Internet connection right now. It says I'm not logged on to Skype right now as I talk to you. I had to message Kyler James and be like, bro, are we live? What's oh, going wow. on? Because I see... Joe and you know Spectrum's been hitting me up. Oh, we can come there Tuesday or Wednesday at three. And I said, I know you can't. I said, no. no, you can't. And they said, Oh, well, how about Friday at seven thirty? I'm like, Yeah, that works out really well. I'm up till three a.m. working. We're not doing that either. Um, so I have no idea what's going on, and I'm not connected. You are my only connection to the outside world right now, Joe. 
Oh, love it. And they can but yeah, you. I think Heather Hardy's going to win, uh, but you never know considering the inexperience of her as far as MMA. I'm sure Neiman Gracie will win, and I think Musashi's going to win, but that's... If you combined these two cards of the weekend, you'd have a pretty fun show, but... I was just going to think... I, I was thinking that as well. Yes, good call our, there, Sean. Our post-show will be very fun. Yes. Yeah. So if, if anyone that's going to be tuning in uh, on Saturday, uh, you rest assured, uh, there will probably only be three fights from Bellator that we will be talking about, oh, yeah. uh, unless something crazy happens on the undercard. We will discuss that as well. But other than but that, they, they can ask me anything over at forum.fightful.com or just can. our Fightful Forum on fightful.com. You all head over to Fightful. We've got photos, videos, podcasts, interviews, exclusives, news across MMA, boxing, and pro wrestling. Carlos has that awesome boxing newsletter that drops every Thursday morning. We've got tons of backstage news like that you all don't get anywhere else. There's stuff we've reported that is getting picked up from like July and August. That's just now hitting like big established websites. So uh, you guys got to head over to Fightful.com and check that out. I know some of you are here and you discover us through the podcasts, but uh, visit Fightful.com early and often. Yes. What I mean, the site, it's just too addicting. It is. Fightful is too addicting. I get on there and I realize I just like an hour and a half of my day. I, I went there to look at one story. An hour and a half of my day gone. I'm like, I just, but the information is crazy. It's just like, I, 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 what did I do the other day? It was so funny. I went to go look at something that you and I, or you had posted. Uh, I wanted to make sure that if, if I was going to discuss it uh, with you, that I understood what was going on. And next thing you know, I'm reading something on boxing. I transition yeah. over to the wrestling side, and I'm like, I'm reading about wrestling? Me? I'm like, we what's had, going hey, on we, here? we do the crossover like nobody else. That's why we, yeah. that's why we do this. So we do it. What else do we have to talk about in the MMA world? Well, you mentioned Ryzen. Uh, Ian McCall uh, has been signed to Ryzen. I don't know if you saw the video of his opponent getting up at his face. Yeah. Well, I pretty much just included those topics so I could say, we told you so. <laughs> when I said, hey, they could rebook Mark Godbeer versus Walt Harris, and they probably will, they did. And when I said the only person I see signing Ian McCall is probably Ryzen or Risen, as Chris Cordero calls them. Yeah, and I, I really want to see that McCall versus Horiguchi fight. Give it to me at Bantamweight. I don't care. Don't make him cut to 125. That's a good point, yeah. I'd like to see it. It is Why funny not? that he's not fought in like three years, and he wants to fight like three times in two days now. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Um, I noticed that you want to talk about CM Punk and his potential next fight. Yeah, you don't. I'm all about second chances, man. I really am. Everyone deserves a second chance. Everyone deserves a first chance. Everyone deserves to do whatever they want until you get too aggressive and get taken down to the ground and get your ass whooped by a guy that many people thought was going to whoop your ass as is. I thought there was going to be a better debut by Mr. Brooks. Didn't happen. I'm okay with a second chance. I don't know how the, how the fans and the media are going to react to it. I thought that his second fight was the reason they did Dana White's Contender Series. I thought that was their excuse. It was their way to say, it's not in the UFC. It's on Dana White's Contender Series. I thought it was their way to sell Fight Pass subscriptions. They didn't do it. They apparently have enough confidence in him to think that he can sell some more pay-per-views, and I'm sure he can. He's going to sell more pay-per-views than a lot of people they put on pay-per-view. So... Sure. 
But if I were the UFC, I would throw the guy a bone and maybe not book him against a guy who has been training for eight years. Yeah, that was ugly. Um, but it did what it needed to do. They don't want to make it look like you can just hop over from WWE and win their yeah, title. Yeah, no, you're right. You're Brock, right. Brock Lesnar did that, and Brock Lesnar had the pedigree. Instead, they made a guy in Mickey Gall. That's what they wanted to do all along. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you look at the live chat right now, they're they're echoing your sentiments. Punk will sell. Punk will lose. Still a draw, and I still will watch. That's Likamate. Uh, who, by the way, is giving me lots of compliments. If you post your address, I'll send you a check for all those nice words that you're saying. Uh, Vinny Fernando, CM Punk's next fight. Uh, entrant number thirty at the Royal Rumble. Right, guys. Not in WWE. Maybe New Japan Ring of Honor. Whenever they get yeah. going, they're making some moves. They're doing good stuff. I, who would you put? I, I mean, at welterweight, there's a there's a large number of fighters uh, in that weight class. But I'd track down one of those doofuses from the Ultimate Fighter China. <laughs> I never even thought of that. Yeah. Do you want CM Punk to actually win a fight in the UFC? I think if the answer is yes. It'd look good for them. God, yeah. Give him his third fight. I'm but other than that, this clickety clackety's my friend. You are absolutely. Um, I'm the thing is, with... like, it's so funny when people are like, "Oh my gosh, CM Punk would get beat up by a guy on the street." No, he wouldn't. No, he, would he wouldn't. He's been training MMA for about three years now. That's not like he's going to beat up everybody in the world type of thing. But you come up to him on the street, you pick a fight with him, he could kick your ass. And they're, they're like, he's hurt. been training with Anthony Pettis and Sergio Pettis and Tyron Woodley, like. Come on, I loved like how they chronicled up to his fight, like the struggles that he faced in training. Yep. I thought that was just outstanding. It was great. There is a lot of mileage out of CM Punk in pro wrestling and MMA. Like right now he's not gonna do a podcast because he's getting sued for one that he did right after he left WWE by WWE's doctor, but if that guy ever starts a podcast, he's got the MMA world and pro wrestling world to talk about. We know that he's a commodity there. He has tried out, apparently, for a pro wrestling drama for stars. So oh, wow. there's that. And he has said in the past, oh, yeah, I might just go wrestle in PWG just to do it. Like, just wrestle in a Legion hall just because I can. Like, that's that's where he is financially. He's I know that he's very smart with his money. Good for him. Uh, he's just not smart with who he blocks on Twitter because I never said a negative thing about him on Twitter, and he blocked me. Come on. Here's here's the fun here's the fun story, Joe. That's and terrible. It was on the fight it was either on the Fightful podcast or it was when I was at Wrestling Inc. We talked about all the people that he blocked on Twitter, and I said, Yeah, he doesn't have me blocked. Not yet. Uh the next day he blocked me. That's so I mean Take that however you want. I'm just saying that I'm sure that CM Punk watches every single podcast we do, including the post-Raw, post-SmackDown, the Holy Smokes MMA show, the Thursday uh, MMA podcast, Wednesday Listen, your boy. I bet he's here for the post-pay-per-view, the post-WWE. Like, he's here for all of it. CM Punk locked in. That be probably Duke Rufus and everybody just huddled together in the back room of Rufus Sport and just watch. Juliana Pena is going to have lots of free time uh, mm -hmm. in the very near future. Hopefully, she'll be tuning in uh, to all of the content at Fightful. She announced that she is pregnant. 
we will officially lose Juliana Pena for the better part of 18 to 24 months. Your thoughts? Yeah, this isn't, you know, this wasn't something that I envisioned happening a lot as, because it, it, and it never really happened in WWE until recently. They've lost a couple, two or three of their women to pregnancy. And now UFC, was it Alexis Davis or that, that had a child? I think it was Alexis. You, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, but they still have Juliana Pena ranked. She's going to be pulled out. Rock, Raquel Pennington will move into number uh, three there, as she should. But that that's that is one that's a tough one to lose because she was real close to a title shot before before she lost. So uh, that that's a tough one to lose out of that division. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that the, the last fight was was a tough one for her. I just you know. I've always thought about it from um you know when I used to talk to you know in person with Misha with Rhonda with with whomever you know there there's always the the potential of, you know what you might lose 18 to 24 months of your career if you decide and choose to get pregnant right you're going like it's 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 not feasible to be training MMA when you're pregnant. Obviously, yes. it's not a good idea. And then afterwards, the body does have to go through you know, a bunch of stuff to heal. You got the child to worry about, but then the competitive drive kicks in. So at at the very least, you're talking about 18 months that we could lose a star. So technically, you know, there, there's different ways of being careful. Uh, they've got to be careful because they they can only really do so much. They, you don't want to lose two years, 18 months to 24 months. Uh, of your prime as a mixed martial artist or a fighter uh, or any athletic endeavor for that matter. So uh, all the power to her. Congratulations. Very, very happy for you. But we're going to lose her for 18 to 24 months. Sucks. Yeah, that's that's rough for that division. But maybe it'll give somebody else some room to, to, to breathe in there. Raquel Pennington is right there. She's ready. I would uh, – who who's next in line? Like because Shevchenko wants to move to 125. That's a division that's going to take off, yeah. Very, very shortly. They've already announced uh, the date, the finale, and stuff like that. Uh, not the I mean, just saying, yeah, boy, announced the date of the finale when he they did. announced the the series. I knew when it was going to. I I had the scoop on that one. We had that one before anybody at Fightful dot com. Love this site. Absolutely love some of the stuff that we say and do, and then. Well, some stolen. of the things that I say and do, maybe. Oh, not not what I say or do? I'm just a, I'm we'll a horrible see. human being saying. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Anything else you would like to discuss? Thank you, Eamon Zahabi, for retweeting everything. I appreciate it. Good man. I, don't you love it when that happens? Yeah. People who not only take the time, but they go above and beyond to, to uh, promote the content and stuff. I, I'm kind of interested, like... There, there's a couple of situations. It's like, where do the divisions go from here? Mm-hmm. Miocic right now, we don't know what's up with him. We don't know. Daniel Cormier has kind of booked his own fight, so to speak. But John Jones is out there lurking somewhere. Like, just like ready. Like, let me beat up DC for a third time. Let me get cleared right now. The middleweight title situation, you got... You got Robert Whitaker out until next year. Then you got GSP Bisping, who people people almost see that as the interim title. Well, there you go. You got Woodley out of action, but Dana White saying that Dos Anjos Lawler is a number one contender fight. 
Well, okay. So much uncertainty around Conor McGregor. So yeah. who knows about 155? Habib Habib wants to fight. <laughs> Habib's trying to throw himself back in there. And I'm sitting there like, bro, make weight. Uncertainty around 125 because Henry Cejudo's out there kicking fires in the face and stuff. That's <laughs> true. Complete yeah. uncertainty about 135 pounds. Like, I think... To me, you got to do uh, you got to do Pennington Nunez now. I could see that, yeah. Like, there's a lot of just lack of clarity. We got to get no some def- clarity, Joe. There's just no definitive stuff going on right now. Um, you look at some. I mean, this has happened before many times with the UFC, Sean. It's not like it's the first time where there's been periods and and times where you're like. What's happening here? As long as the fights that they talk about and promote mean something that will drive uh, viewership. And again, it goes back to the tournament article I wrote and how many times that, you know, it, it, it's un- very unfortunate that Ryzen, um, again, call me biased if you like, but when I was with Ryzen, there was a, I felt like there was a lot more engagement on social media uh, about the actual shows. And I'm not saying I take credit for it. I just had different ways of getting other people involved that had pull, that could get some awareness out there. But that tournament format is always fantastic. It's, it'll never die. I don't think it'll ever die off. And if the UFC could some way, somehow showcase that, Give us an example. Do it. I think it speaks so much better because what they're doing now, the way they're booking fights, and it's I'm having these conversations with people that are kind of mainstream fans that are like, I don't I don't like it anymore. I don't watch it as much anymore. And you know, I'll, I'll watch your podcast, Joe. I'll listen. You know, I'll read your articles and blah blah blah. I like what you're doing, but I just I, I I don't know when the UFC is sort of on and who to follow and who to like and stuff like that because there's no real story or angle per fight, per division, Sean, that would say, you know what, you need to watch, this is an important fight, because the winner of this fight is taking on the winner of this fight. And when they, they fight, they get a chance to fight for the belt. It's just, you know what I'm saying? They used to do a much better job at keeping things in a centralized location, like Spike TV was where you were going to watch your fights. Yeah, yeah. And now, I never know what what, what channel the prelims are going to be on, because now it's college football season, FS1 has college football on. Well, it's MLB playoff season, so maybe it won't be on another channel. FS1, FX, FXX, FS2, Fox, like it's all over the place. That could be changing, though. But what won't change is that everybody can get their great news at Fightful.com. <laughs> at Fightful Online. James Lynch has a ton of exclusives going up this week, including. Uh, UFC fighter Colby Covington talking a little bit of pro wrestling. We'll have stories on that as well. We will have uh, more from Eamon Zahabi. I'll be releasing the full interview that Joe had with him uh, towards the end of the week, closer to that UFC show. But all kinds of good stuff. You can follow Joe at Showdown Joe. Follow me at Sean Ross Joe, anything else you got before we go? Yeah. What's up with all you guys in the live chat that didn't accept our challenge last week? To get out there and tell some of the UFC fighters that you want on the Holy Smokes podcast yeah, to say, hey, you that. need to join Showdown Joe and Sean Ross Sapp on the Holy Smokes podcast. Tag us. 
Tigers, who do you want on the show? I mean, there's two guys that yes. I've been working on. Well, I shouldn't say two. There's about four or five big names that I'm that I'm working on, a couple of main eventers uh, that will be competing before the end of this year uh, that I've been going back and forth. Uh, for those that don't know, sometimes it could be a challenge to get these guys. It's hard enough as is, especially when you're bypassing managers like I sometimes mm-hmm. do. I like to get through managers if I can, but sometimes they're available, and at the last second, there's changes. Literally, 15 minutes before an interview I was supposed to do yesterday, it got changed. Uh, so hopefully this party will join me next week. Uh, he is headlining a show for the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Um, but I, I'm, I'm challenging all of you that are watching right now, that are listening uh, afterwards, get on social media. Who do you want on the show? Chances are, I would say... 95% of them have already been interviewed by me at some point uh, in my career or in their career. Tell them you want them to join myself and Sean Ross App on the podcast and just CC us. Put us in the tweet. We're in. I will get a hold of them. I challenge you guys. Get it done. That's what I want to. Guys, like I said, always uh, Share our stories, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit. Follow individual community guidelines as you do so. That stuff is really appreciated. We're still a very young site. We've got all these scoops and exclusives. We just got to get them out there. Guys, thank you so much. Until next time, we are out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.